Hi, everybody, and thanks for listening in on our Hilco Global Smarter Perspective podcast. I'm your host, Steve Katz. And if you're listening in for the first time, we're really glad that you are. And if you're returning, we're also glad that you tuned in uh, once again. So uh, today we're going to be having a really interesting discussion. It's kind of a follow-up to a talk that we had with our friend John Satter, uh, who's Senior Managing Director for the Midwest region of Hilco Real Estate Appraisal. I'm going to be talking about the cannabis market. Uh, a lot of things have changed since we talked to John um, late last year, uh, both in the market itself and in the real estate uh, market. Uh, uh, so we are glad to have you back, John. Hey, great. Thanks, Steve. Glad to be here. Yeah. Let's uh, let's just kick it right off by talking about navigating what what really is a very complex regulatory environment in regard to the cannabis industry. Right now, can you can you talk a little bit about what some of the most important considerations for the investment community, developers, and others are when they talk about getting involved with the market, specifically related to regulatory issues? Sure, Steve. I think since we last spoke, you know, legalization and decriminalization of cannabis for both medical and recreation use has continued to expand across states in the U.S. Uh, in those states, there's been a documented increase in demand for commercial properties, including warehouses, storefronts, and, and land development land. So that's pretty universal. But what isn't universal are the nuances associated with the geographic application of regulatory requirements on the industry and its participants. Based on proximity and cross-border competition in certain markets, it's critical to look at both the U.S. and Canada and how the legal and regulatory frameworks surrounding cannabis differ and impact business for operators in the two countries, impacted states and provinces. Being thoroughly familiar with local and nearby competitive market regulations, zoning laws, and licensing requirements is critical for both real estate developers and investors to ensure compliance and avoid costly and time-consuming legal roadblocks. These considerations should also extend to sustainability and environmental impact. Cannabis cultivation, for example, requires significant resources, including energy and water. Sustainable practices and energy-efficient infrastructure can help reduce the environmental impact of cannabis op operations and, without question, will continue to be increasingly important to both the regulators and communities across the country in the coming years. Also, zoning regulations play a pivotal role in determining where cannabis-related businesses can and do operate. These regulations often dictate the proximity of cannabis facilities to schools, residential areas, competitive prop competitive cannabis operators, and other sensitive locations, identifying suitable properties that meet zoning requirements specific to an area targeted for development is essential for successful real estate ventures within the cannabis market. And having a solid grasp of the operating impact of such restrictions, as well as the overall level of demand and saturation for cannabis products in locations being considered for development or investment is essential, as these can have a significant impact, either positive or negative, on both the value of real estate and the potential for return on investment. And lastly, public perception of cannabis and those who operate cannabis facilities varies. So our team always advises investors and developers to carefully 
consider community sentiment when making decisions about locating their own or leasing to operators. Listening to and earnestly working with community groups, businesses, and individuals can often diffuse and sufficiently address early concerns while also building trust and open lines of communication that will be important in the future. Yeah, the last point is is really interesting because I mean it's it's logical. There's there's gonna be some resistance to it, particularly by people who live in the areas in which some of these businesses are looking to to locate if if for no no other reason that they just really don't understand it. So I think that's a that's a great point. Let's talk a little bit about the types of properties uh, and facilities that comprise the industry and you know the various considerations that come along with each of those that quite frankly, many first-time entrants in the market probably are not aware of, uh, but could create stumbling blocks for them on the path to success. Yeah, that's a valid point, Steve. Uh, the industry functions thanks to work performed at and across numerous types of properties. And these include those that house cultivation facilities, processing centers, distribution hubs, research laboratories, and of course, at the retail level, the dispensaries. Uh, Each of these different property types come with unique infrastructure, security needs, and other requirements. Uh, Each also present opportunities for different types of investment and development. So while dispensaries may sit on a sliver of an acre in a metro area, Cultivation sites often occupy acres of land in rural regions. And while this diversity of entry points creates a great expanse of opportunity, it also necessitates that investors carefully tailor their strategies and funding to properly suit the specific needs associated with starting up and running the type of cannabis business they aim to support. Uh, And then there's security, which is an absolute top priority for, for the cannabis industry due to the nature of the product and the potential risk associated with it. Uh, To comply with regulations and safeguard their supply chain, operators need to meet stringent security standards, including video surveillance, access control systems, and alarm systems. Capital and operating costs associated with meeting these requirements and protecting the valuable assets, including but extending beyond finished and unfinished inventory, have often been underestimated during the early years of cannabis expansion in both the U.S. and Canada. Uh, Theft of and damage to cultivation equipment, laboratory instrumentation, and production equipment can create costly setbacks for businesses with multi-million dollar investments on the line. Real estate site selection, including through due diligence, which our real estate team at Hillcoe specializes in, among other things, is critical in assessing historic crime and other important trends associated with locations under consideration that can serve to significantly limit downside risk. Yeah, obviously there are there are a number of considerations, um, including those types of security risks. What about the financial landscape? I mean, we wouldn't really have a complete discussion today if we didn't talk about how a lack of federal legislation to legalize cannabis has created really an incredible number of challenges for operators or those who have been looking to get into the space since the even the first states came online. What kind of progress has been made um, on that front? Yeah, that's been an ongoing struggle for a lot of operators. And I think, you know, speaking with um, operators and and um, lenders, um, this, really the, the state of the 
industry this past year has been one more fatigue as uh, companies kind of cash, you know, burn through their their cash available to kind of survive during this high interest rate market that we're in. Um, so primary among the challenges facing these industries is the inability to access traditional financing due to continued federal restrictions in the U.S., uh, which to some degree are still the result of the lingering stigma associated with cannabis. Uh, while state charter banks will lend against cannabis real estate right now at more reasonable rates, they tend to have limited bandwidth and have stringent underwriting with a focus on the business operations as well as the strength of the of the sponsor and the real estate itself. Uh, of the financing that we're seeing now, state banks are at prime plus one and private debt deals are being done around 16%. So not surprisingly, um, with traditional bank sources limited and transaction vet channels highly, highly um, limited, those entering or expanding across the industry are for the most part turning to alternative funding sources, including private equity, venture capital, and specialized cannabis-focused REITs to secure financing for their projects. Uh, in each of these instances, timely and accurate real estate appraisals are essential to the process. Other considerations to watch out for uh, for businesses and their lenders uh, based on current laws and requirements include, but by no means are limited to the following, because the cannabis industry remains illegal under federal law and banks must comply with federal regulations, uh, any party involved in the industry that seeks to secure a lease property with an existing loan on it, particularly from a, a large, larger bank, a national bank, is likely to encounter complications when attempting to do so. And although cannabis is legalized in s- several states, the fact that it remains illegal under federal law means that transporting it across state lines can result in federal criminal prosecutions. And this presents a substantial challenge for cannabis businesses operating, operating in multiple states that are seeking to scale. And, and due to the fact that federal law prohibits the sale as well as possession and use of cannabis in all its forms, the major payment networks do not allow cannabis purchases using credit cards. And this adds complexity for consumers and has limited sales volume. Yeah, interesting. Once again, it's kind of that continuing stigma. It seems it seems like it's only a matter of time until there is a federal law uh, that enables uh, all of this, but. Uh, the question is when, right? So that's that's the everybody's waiting. Right, the magic question. Um, all right, John. Well, uh, great info as always. Anything else that we didn't uh, touch on that you want to share with the audience? Yeah, sure, Steve. Um, I just like to add that those currently are seeking uh, an in position to lease their property to cannabis operators, um, establishing strong tenant relationships is imperative. And ensuring the success of these relationships starts right at the beginning with comprehensive lease agreements that don't leave any room for misinterpretation or dispute and a thorough understanding of a leasing business's specific needs. Identifying and vetting qualified leasing candidates is also essential to ensuring successful leasing outcomes. An engagement of an experienced and proven real estate partner that's well-versed in the cannabis industry and contribute to successful lease outcomes. Long-lasting, mutual, beneficial, lessor, lessee partnerships and profitable exit strategies. 
All right. Well, thanks again, John, for joining us to share all those uh, really timely insights. We'll we'll look to get together with you again, certainly within the coming year, and uh, check in and see what uh, further developments there have been. Maybe it will be a little a little closer to that uh, federal legislation that everybody seems to be looking for. Um, and if any listeners want to reach out to you, what's uh, what's the best contact info? Uh, you can reach either by email or phone. Email is J Satter, that's J S A T T E R at hillcoglobal.com. And the phone number is 847 504 2472. All right, perfect. Thanks again, John. And listeners, if your business or business in your portfolio is looking to sell or acquire real estate associated with the cannabis industry, sell or acquire specialized equipment utilized within the industry, or invest in those businesses, Touching base with John is probably a great first step. Uh, I know his focus is on the real estate market itself uh, and real estate aspects, including those uh, lease negotiations. Uh, But he can connect you with others across the Hilco platform of companies, uh, with people who specialize in areas including industrial asset monetization, disposition, uh, and all sorts of other uh, critical areas for the business. So uh, please keep that in mind. And as always, we hope that this Smarter Perspective podcast provided you with at least one key takeaway that you could put to good use in your business or share with a colleague or client to help make them that much more successful moving forward. And one final thing, please remember that you can always check out more great podcasts and articles featuring timely insights from Hilco experts like John at hilcoglobal.com forward slash smarter dash perspectives. Until next time for Hilco Global, I'm Steve Katz.